Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Felix Slatkin and Military Band with the Star Spangled Banner starting this Spotlight Connecticut this week. I'm Morgan Cunningham with our Memorial Day Salute 2023. Usually, Spotlight Connecticut deals with fun topics and deals with feature-type stories that involve Connecticut. But this week, I didn't feel quite right doing it, so we have a bit of a different program for you today to mark Memorial Day 2023. And we're going to do so in two different halves. The first half is the very serious half. We have several officials from across Connecticut to talk about how their areas are commemorating Memorial Day 2023. In the second half, we will bring a little levity to the program, hopefully have a little bit of fun, while maintaining a lot of seriousness in talking about an unlikely top 40 hit that praises America and continues to raise charity money. There's just something inspiring about that story, and you're not going to hear it anywhere else this year, so I really do hope that you stay tuned or go find the podcast using the Odyssey app or going to WTIC.com if you do miss it, because it is something worth hearing. It's very inspirational, I promise. Senator Richard Blumenthal, we're going to start by bringing him on. Senator, I wanted to start with a health update for you because I know that last month during the Yukon parade, you had quite an accident, ended up breaking your leg. How are you feeling? My schedule has been unslowed, and I am full-time in Washington and all around the state of Connecticut attending commencements and public events, and now... Uh, relying just on a cane, and maybe not even on a cane. I know you love a parade, and so it sounds like you'll be partaking in observations this Memorial Day. I love parades, even when uh, sometimes they have unexpected consequences. It was a really freak accident, and I'm delighted to have some of the best health care in the world right here in Connecticut, and to be on my way back to absolutely full strength. How can and should Connecticut residents be looking into observing Memorial Day this year in 2023? My own personal focus is on our veterans. I'm a member of the Veterans Affairs Committee as well as the Armed Services Committee. I was instrumental in the passage of the PAC Act, which provides care and benefits to veterans of the last 20 years and earlier who were exposed to toxic chemicals, the burn pits. I believe that we need to do better for all kinds of educational benefits and health care benefits for our veterans. So my hope for this Memorial Day is that we'll recognize not only the men and women in uniform who have made the ultimate sacrifice, as it said, but to the living. Last year during Memorial Day weekend, you were traveling the state, you were participating in a number of parades across Connecticut, and you said that one of the things that you heard the most from residents that you met with was about the gun violence that we were dealing with in the nation at that time, and we're continuing to deal with it this year as well. What are you expecting to hear from residents, though, when you go across Connecticut in 2023, and where do you stand on some of those issues? I hope I'll hear a lot of joy and exuberance that we are back together after these years when people were so rightly and understandably troubled by the pandemic. COVID has really taken a piece of our lives. It has aggravated some of the mental health challenges that our young people face because they've been out of school. And, you know, the Kids Online Safety Act, which I propose that protects kids on the internet from some of the toxic content, bullying, 
eating disorders, suicide, drug dealing, those kinds of social media excesses and abuses can be stopped, again, with a bipartisan law that I've proposed. 33 members of the Senate are co-sponsors, third of the Senate. So I think we can make bipartisan progress. And Senator, last question I have. As we go into the future, how do we continue to pay our respects and our honors as a nation and as a state in Connecticut to the many major conflicts in American history that are becoming increasingly more distant in history, such as the Korean War, World Wars One and Two, of course, anything before that. Is it through a commitment to our veterans today? Do we put more money into perhaps museums or services to remember that part of our now distant history? Is it something else? I think education is really important. Learning about those wars of the past, whether it is the World Wars or Korea or Vietnam, cherishing our history and the values that have been defended, values of freedom and democracy, values that are under siege and attack right now. You know, the greatest threat internally to our national security is extremist violence. So we need to adhere to those values there, the values that motivated the troops throughout our history to defend our freedom. And um, I think honor with action action to benefit our veterans, better education, health care, jobs. And, of course, attending the events, I think, has always inspired me. One of the reasons why I attend the parades is I get to talk to people and I get to listen to them about what's on their mind. You know, there's an old saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so that maybe we do a little more listening than talking. I do a lot of listening to people, what bothers them, what angers them what saddens them, but also what inspires them. And our veterans inspire. Senator Richard Blumenthal, thank you for coming on Spotlight Connecticut. Our Memorial Day Salute 2023, it continues with the town of Cornwall embracing its history this Memorial Day weekend. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, this is Kevin from Bristol, and you're listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. It's our Memorial Day Salute 2023. I'm Morgan Cunningham, and now we have Gordon Ridgway, First selectman of the town of Cornwall on the program. Cornwall is a pretty small town in Litchfield County, probably one you didn't expect I would talk to, but I'm doing it because it's a small town commemorating Memorial Day in a rather big way. They really do go all out. Welcome to the program, First Selectman Ridgeway. Tell us what you guys are doing for Memorial Day this year. Memorial Day is a big day here. We commemorate it in four different ways. First, there is a uh, ceremony up at the North Cornwall Cemetery decorating all the graves of all veterans of all wars in, the, in that cemetery. The Gold family who had, who had relatives serve in the Civil War were actually have been doing it since the end of the Civil War. So that's, that's a very special day and people bring flowers for the graves there. We have a ceremony at uh, West Cornwall in the Covered Bridge. It's called the Siemens Memorial, where there is a wreath uh, thrown off the Covered Bridge into the Houstonic River in memory of naval veterans. And our, uh, So that's at 10 o'clock, and then at 11 o'clock, uh, people gather on the town green, Pine Street in Cornwall, and we have a small parade and observances in Cornwall Village. And that uh, that is followed by a uh, kids' carnival at the UCC Church, which is adjacent to the town green, uh, and that's a fundraiser for various charities. 
You mentioned veterans in Cornwall. What do you hear from veterans in town about programs like this? Well, I think it means a lot to people because, um, you know, many veterans feel, as do I, that, that every day should, uh, veterans should be front and center in our thinking and, our, um, you know, as we go about our everyday lives, uh, the sacrifices that they've made. And certainly Cornwall has had many veterans who served their country honorably from the Revolutionary War through the Civil War up into, you know, including Vietnam and, and people uh, that have been in the Gulf and are currently in the military and in different parts of the world. So uh, certainly it, it rings home to people. It's powerful to me the connection that you guys have in Cornwall um, with the Gold family dating back to the Civil War, because one question that I'm kind of asking numerous people this year is, how do we continue to honor our nation's men and women when many conflicts in our history are becoming more and more entrenched in history, the World Wars, um, the Civil War, all the way back to the Revolution, and other conflicts as well from that period. So how do we go forward and continue to remember all of the people who gave their lives for our nation today? Yeah, um, it is a big challenge, but I think also it is um, in some ways exciting for younger people to discover the history of what people did in their everyday lives, often at a young age, um, because right from the days of the founding of the country with Ethan Allen, who uh, grew up in Cornwall and was instrumental in, in uh, capturing Fort Ticonderoga in the Revolutionary War, to John Sedgwick, who was the highest-ranking um, Union officer killed in the Civil War, and we, uh, they, who you know, was buried in Cornwall, um, and we have people here that were at D-Day, and we had Tom Brokaw for a while live in Cornwall and previewed his Greatest Generation book here, and we've had Vietnam veterans speak very eloquently about what that was like. So again, um, there's a lot of very meaningful stories and. What we try to do is keep having a, a, a forum and a place that's um, unique and special for people to tell those amazing stories. That's Cornwall First Selectman Gordon Ridgway talking about how his town is marking Memorial Day this year. Let's do one more town. They've undergone a lot of tragedy recently, and this year's Memorial Day is a particularly difficult one for the town of Bolton. Their first selectman is Pam Sawyer, a former state representative. Tell us why Memorial Day is so special this year in Bolton. This year, Memorial Day is very pungent in the town of Bolton. We lost one of our own this last year in July. Master Sergeant Michael Clark uh, was killed in the line of duty when he was on maneuvers when uh, the medical tent that he was working in was struck by lightning and he lost his life. So it's a very... A special day in Bolton every year, but it has a, a fresh meaning this year. How are you going to honor him? There uh, is a plaque that is going to be placed on a bench to be named for him at the Bolton Town Green. That's tough. That's tough. It's very tough, and uh, it's it's always hard on a family, and you feel very... Uh, moved when you know that there are young, uh, young children involved as well. In this, the blessings in my life, I have grandsons who are um, very involved in 
sports in town, and so I do know the family through the sports connection. I reiterate that's very difficult for Selectman Sawyer, and one reason why is because you're no longer a state representative anymore. You're in a very small town and a very prominent role, and you definitely know many people, if not everybody, in your town, because that's just the kind of person that you are. And when you think about a tragedy like this, and you think about all of your Memorial Days in the past, how has becoming a first selectman maybe changed your perspective on Memorial Day? Or maybe what bigger picture insight did you bring to the local town of Bolton after being at the state level for so long? We found that one of the things in Bolton we didn't have was a veteran's connection. We don't have a VFW. We don't have an American Legion. Uh, and we didn't have a veterans commission. So that's one of the first things that we formed after I got elected. So we now have a seven-member board that has taken over the role of creating a Memorial Day parade at 10 o'clock on Memorial Day Monday that is now being lined by a set of flags along the parade route, which is new for our town. This year is only the second year. And they've also been successful in naming a small section of road near the Bolton Town Green Veterans Way. And that's to celebrate veterans, but also those that have gone before and have given the ultimate sacrifice. Pam Sawyer, first selectman for the town of Bolton, How do you think going into the future, and this is a question I've been asking everybody this year, going into the future, how are we going to remember and honor those who gave their lives for our country? And I'm specifically going back a ways because you think about the Korean War, the World Wars, um, certainly the Civil War, the Revolution, anything um, that is considered to be really old. It's moving further and further back into our history as a country And yet we keep moving forward, and we have these kinds of ceremonies locally and statewide every year. How do you think it's best that we go forward and continue to pay tribute, even though many of these conflicts have become kind of part of our distant past? Well, if we make it part of our history, the teaching of history, the teaching of civics, but also bring in those current soldiers who have, or new veterans who have recently come back from deployments or were deployed during the conflicts in the Middle East, uh, we have the advantage of having a younger population to also continue to carry the banner for us. It's an important thing to look at as we reach back, and then as far back as the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, and remind people that there are soldiers who, and families who lost loved ones going way far back in our history and as recently in, in Bolton as this year. When you were talking about education and civics, um, when you were a state representative, you would go to all of the schools in your district. I remember you would go to my high school, and you did classes talking about politics and civics and introducing that to students and telling them a little bit about our history and how our nation is today and, and how politics work in our country today. Do you still do that? When I am asked, absolutely. Uh, I recently spoke to the Scouts uh, because they were working on a government merit badge. It's important that young people have the opportunity to listen, but also to ask questions. 
why why did we do it this way? Why are there the Bill of Rights? Why is there a Constitution? Why did we have the Declaration of Independence? And get them involved uh, as much as we can. We did create... Um, I, with Denise Merrill and myself and a few others, we we did pass a law that says that civics needs to be taught in the high school in 11th grade. So in an effort that it doesn't get lost, but also to put a face to what is civics. And when you get someone from government or outside of the school to come in, it's a fresh face to be able to have these discussions. No doubt a very poignant Memorial Day holiday in Bolton this year. I'm Morgan Cunningham. That's for Selectman Pam Sawyer for the town of Bolton. Thank you very much for coming on Spotlight Connecticut. As our Memorial Day Salute 2023 continues and rolls on, I do hope to bring some levity to the program in the next half hour, although this is a pretty serious show this week. We're taking a break from all of our usual features and those kinds of interviews this week on Spotlight Connecticut. As we go into the break, listen closely to the words of this Memorial Day classic, by Staff Sergeant Barry Sandler, the Ballad of the Green Berets. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. We do hope to lighten the mood a little bit during this portion of our Spotlight Connecticut Memorial Day salute. I'm Morgan Cunningham, and we're paying tribute now to a very unusual hit song called The Americans by the late Byron McGregor. The spoken word Canadian perspective commentary, The Americans, has been drumming up money for charity since its release in 1973 generating support even during more recent tragedies like Hurricane Katrina. To celebrate its 50th anniversary, which is this year, 2023, I'm proud to welcome his widow, Jojo Shuddy McGregor, who is going to explain how a former CKLW radio news anchor and director could go from reading the news on air to having a hit song competing on the top 40 music charts with the likes of Paul McCartney and Cher. But first, I invite you to refresh your memory a little bit or maybe here for the very first time, Byron McGregor delivering the Americans. The United States dollar took another pounding on German, French, and British exchanges this morning, hitting the lowest point ever known in West Germany. That is Byron McGregor reading The Americans, a spoken word charity song that would become among the best-selling songs of 1974. And his widow, Jojo Shuddy McGregor, is with us on WTIC News Talk 1080 as we celebrate its 50th anniversary and explain how it's been resurrected in the last 20 years. She's a former traffic reporter, most recently with our Odyssey sister station, WWJ News Radio in Detroit, up until her retirement several years ago. Jojo, what an honor to have you on Spotlight Connecticut during our Memorial Day salute. Hello and welcome. I am so thrilled to be here. Speaking with you, Morgan, and by the way, what a great air name. <laughs> and coming from you, that means so much. Thank you, JoJo. Well, we've got Byron McGregor, and we've got me as my real name, JoJo. And uh, I can't really talk to the Americans until I tell you the story exactly why I'm talking about Byron McGregor, because he left us way too soon. We uh, lost him at the age of uh, 46. And I am now the one to carry on the incredible story behind not only the man, but the recording of the Americans. And I'm certainly proud to do that. How we met, I met Byron when I joined the CKLW 22-man news team in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, across the Detroit River from 
Detroit. I joined the team when I was interviewed by Byron. He interviewed 62 people. I was selected to be their helicopter news and traffic reporter. I laugh sometimes. I got the job and I ended up getting the man. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out for you. Now, this is after the Americans was a hit, correct? Exactly. I did not know him and I didn't really place the name until I got into the interview. I had heard the Americans, but I didn't realize who the person was behind the voice. But Jojo, you knew the record. I was working at a TV station in Detroit, and I was listening to the radio station. It was it was a AM, FM, TV, and newspaper conglomerate. And I was listening to the radio station, and I heard this commentary. What's really kind of a coincidence is I got to my parents' house after work, and I walked into the room where the TV was on, and I looked at the TV set, and I'm talking to them. They asked how the day was going, and I said, you've got to hear this record I heard on my way home on the radio. And I looked back at the TV set. Now I see Walter Cronkite, CBS Evening News, and I see a flag waving behind him. And I said, let's turn that up. And it was Byron doing the voiceover to this flag waving, and they were playing the Americans on the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. And you were impressed by the Americans, what you heard. Oh, oh, of course I was. It was just, it was so moving. Moving it is. Well, tell me, Jojo, how did this actually become a top 40, let alone top 10 hit record in the United States? In 1973, Byron had read the patriotic commentary, and it was written by a fellow Canadian, Gordon Sinclair. And they were words, of course, at that time. They were just words. They were part of what ended up being an editorial are printed as an editorial commentary, either way you want to call it, in the Toronto Star. And here's the key. Byron believed in what he read, and he actually cut it out and put it in his desk drawer where it sat. And as it turns out, one of the public affairs shows on CKLW was called Canada Now, and it was running short, the interview that Byron had done. And he decided to, at the very end, read that editorial commentary on the air to A Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. And it ran as part of the end of that show. It's a four-minute piece, 348, a long record for any station to play. But it did play at the end of that public affairs program in the middle of the night. (laughs) Running even in the middle of the night had a huge response. So much so that they played it again the next morning. Yeah, the station was flooded with phone calls. So they called Byron in the middle of the night, and they said, hey, everybody wants to hear that record or that editorial, whatever you did at the end of the show. And he's basically saying, why don't you just go ahead and play the public affairs half-hour show again? And it ran on a Sunday morning. By Monday, Armin Baladian, the owner of Westbound Records in Detroit, he had also heard it on the weekend. And he drove across the border to meet with Byron and uh, the powers that be at CKLW, And that's when he was actually asked to record the words to the Americans. Did he believe it that this record executive was coming to him and wanted to press this as a record? Well, Byron was quoted as saying, hey, wait a second, I'm a newsman, I'm not a recording artist. And Armin Baladian, he convinced Byron that the words 
needed to be heard. Of course, this record's coming at a very interesting time in American history with the Vietnam War going on. How long did it take for this record to catch on across the country? It took probably two weeks to start climbing the charts. And we've got the Billboard magazine, and we've got uh, the top 100 hits, and we've got Cashbox. And it became a gold record, too. uh, Three gold records. It sold three and a half million copies, Morgan. And this is what some people know and some people don't know again. Byron was able to donate all of the proceeds to the American Red Cross because at the time, there was word that the American Red Cross had run out of money as a result of uh, aiding efforts for all kinds of natural disasters, including, uh, you know, hurricanes and anything else that was going on. So this being a fitting piece that the proceeds or royalties, whichever you want to call them, uh, that Byron uh, received from the Americans, over $100,000 was donated his first check. And imagine being just 24 and handing over a check for $100,000 at a huge convention in Minnesota to the American Red Cross. Well, you know, this isn't your typical record. It's not a rock star record. It's not a Beatles record or anything like that. But yet... He had appearances where he read it live on television and in person, correct? If you can imagine the variety, of course, we mentioned the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. He was on the Today Show with Barbara Walters. But he was also on the Midnight Special with Wolfman Jack, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, the Mike Douglas Show. And when we hit the bicentennial year, roughly, you know, a year later, 1976, he had speeches and appearances and performances of the Americans at festivals and music concerts, you name it, celebrating the 200th anniversary of signing our Declaration of Independence. He had the chance to meet and introduce Ronald Reagan because of this record, and after his death, the record became popular again during 9-11 and another tragedy, Hurricane Katrina. Oh, I have a great story for you for that, Morgan. Byron, of course, died in 1995, so he wasn't around for 9-11. And I wasn't really prepared for the popularity to uh, come back and now be taken on by me to be representing the Americans and doing the interviews. And on ABC News, Peter Jennings was on the air and somebody handed him some teletype that were the words to the Americans. And he looked at it and he said, I'm looking at this and He said, I don't think this is something new. He said, if I'm not mistaken, these are the words to a spoken word record called The Americans, written by a compatriot of mine, Gordon Sinclair from Toronto, and voiced by Byron McGregor of uh, 2020 News fame. I was watching the TV as he said it, and I'm going, wow, yeah, that's true. And not only 9-11, but after Hurricane Katrina, after anything that is not so positive, it rings true today. Sure, there are certain statements in it that don't ring true, but it's the feeling that you get and how proud you are to be an American. I'm Morgan Cunningham. This is Spotlight Connecticut, and we have a special guest on now, JoJo Shuddy McGregor, talking about her late husband's hit record, The Americans which still generates money for the American Red Cross. And I think that you've got a message to share with our audience about how an official CD is still available and you will send the money over to the American Red Cross. Is that right? I am going to offer the CD available 
for $20 made out to the American Red Cross. That would be the American Red Cross. You can send it to the Americans, 6249 Gatewood, G-A-T-E-W-O-O-D. And the city is two words, West Bloomfield, Michigan, 48322. That's simple. I'm glad we've got product available. (laughs) Jojo, thank you for that information. And, of course, anybody that needs that information again or would like to ask me any more specific questions, just email me, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com, M-O-R-G-A-N dot C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at odyssey.com. Jojo, I need you to hang on the line because we do have to make a very special connection between the Americans and Connecticut. We'll do that next. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Bill in Plainville, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Jojo, the last thing I wanted to ask you, could you explain the connection between your late husband and the Americans and WTIC Hartford? Because when we first talked on the phone, you had quite a story. (laughs) And it is. In 1995, just after Byron died, there was a campaign to get Byron McGregor inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. And so it came to pass that there were five people nominated in the local category for morning show news talk, that category. And Byron was one of the nominees. And Bob Steele was one of the nominees. And guess what? Bob Steele, you're Bob Steele there in Connecticut, won that year. He was on air full-time at WTIC from October 1936 until the end of September 1991, full-time, and from 1991 until his death in 2002, part-time. Wow. A total of 66 years, JoJo. Wow. That's, uh, That's amazing, too, and certainly so deserving, both of them so deserving. So we still have Byron to get inducted. How about we start a campaign? Yeah, we need to do it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And seriously, just thanks for taking the time to chat with me about my favorite subjects, of course, radio, CKLW, the Big Ace, and Byron McGregor and the Americans. And we touched on all of that, JoJo. I think we did. And I thank you for coming on Spotlight Connecticut. We're going to wrap things up with a very Bob Steele way of doing things. You see, he would close all of his shows, at least in later years, with Connecticut's 2nd Regiment, as performed by the Connecticut Governor's Foot Guard, recorded in Avon, Connecticut, as we wrap up our Memorial Day Salute 2023 on Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.